also uh, appreciate the good song leading, Brother Jamie, and uh, scripture reading, Brother Mike, and good prayer from Brother Michael Netherton. So appreciate those men and their willingness to serve and to do the different things that they do in our worship service. In our society and in our country, we've seen brutal killings of people, different nationalities, different colors. We've seen rioting, looting, lawlessness. And if you go back and trace in history, it often will probably remind you of the late 1960s and early 70s. At the time that we had the killings of Martin Luther King Jr., Robert Kennedy, plus the issue at that time of race relations, the Vietnam War, you'll remember Kent State, the National Guard opening fire upon students, and some even died. Cities were set on fire. Businesses were destroyed. The question then, and even now, is why? Why is this happening? To answer, we have to notice there is a difference in symptoms and the actual disease. Symptoms are maybe based upon the color or the very person. The Vietnam War, race relations, if you will, those are the symptoms. But to address the really root of the problem, we have to address the cause which deals with the Bible heart. Often when we talk about our physical heart, we realize that it can have a number of things to go wrong with it. One may encounter an enlarged heart, or maybe a blockage, or maybe a hole in the heart, or a valve that's not working properly, properly, and we could go on and on with different causes and things and symptoms, if you will. But this morning, I want for us to look and talk about the Bible heart. But first of all, this morning, I want us to look at some passages that are dealing with the heart of the Bible. In the text that was read just a moment ago, we can ask the question, what we do is determined, or make the statement rather, what we do and what we don't do is determined by our own heart, not the physical heart. Matthew 12 and verse 34, our Lord refers there and rebukes the Pharisees. Earlier in that chapter, he deals uh, with them, confronting him about uh, things on the Sabbath. But he rebukes them here in verse 34, and in this passage there, 
And he calls them a brood of vipers, offsprings, if you will. He says, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of the heart, brings forth evil things. Have you ever asked someone why they did something? And they respond with this statement, I don't know. We see that a lot with the children that I work with a lot. I said, why are you... Why, why, why'd you do that? I don't know. And then we often refer with the fact of that don't work. I'm not accepting I don't know. I want to know why you did this. The Bible says that when people make those statements, and it's rightly so for the age group that I was talking about, for them to say, I don't know, because guess what? Their hearts aren't developed yet. The developing of the heart for a person begins and continues the progress all the way through life. But the very foundation of preparing that heart of an individual begins when they're very little of what kind of heart they're going to have. The words that we speak comes from the heart. Our actions come from the heart. And what we do can cause us to be defiled and made filthy or sinful. Matthew 15 and verse 17. Our Lord shows here what defiles a person. Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from where? The heart. And those things that come out of the mouth, the things we say and things we do, says they defile a man. Verse 19 of that passage says, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. And verse 20, Therefore these are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Now he was dealing with some other subjects here because they were questioning your disciples eat without washing their hands in their traditional ways that they had made religion. But with that scripture in mind, I want us to, to look at this. We tend to look at the individual sin or the crime, if you will, without looking at the heart. How many times does someone say, well, they have a good heart? You see, there's something wrong with that. There's something most certainly wrong with their heart. But there's something wrong with that statement. You know, as well as I do, people can do various things and we'll say what? 
bless their hearts. Why? Because out of the heart comes the things out of the mouth. Things that they say, things that they do. But how, again, how many times have we heard that they have a good heart, but then on the other hand, that person, and let me tell you this morning, a man who sleeps with his neighbor's wife does not have a good heart. A man who steals or a man who lies or a man who, who uh, does various things or women as well, we're talking about mankind here, they do not have a good heart. When those evil things come out and when we do those things or we say those things or we do not do the things we know that we're told to do, we do not have a good heart. And we can say bless their heart as much as we want to and it's not going to change that thing from being a sin. But we have coded it to be that. A man who kills an innocent person does not have a good heart. Someone who speaks ill to their neighbor or to their friend or to their brother or to their sister or to a co-worker or, or, or uses filthy language or, or, or all these things that we're talking about in, in Brother uh, Gossett's series, don't ha they don't have a good heart. Something's wrong in the heart. And when we do things that are contrary to what God has said in His Word for us, it's not, we can blame it on stress, we can blame it on whatever, but it's what's in our heart. And it's that important. And let me end this point by saying, a so-called good heart does not make sin okay. So therefore, we need to pay attention to our heart. Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you, watch it right here, a deceitful mouth, and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead, and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet, And do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. You see, we have issues, but it comes from the heart. You see, these verses help keep our heart or remind us of how our hearts can be and become impure. It often reminds me of the little children's song that we sing sometimes. Be careful what you see, what your eyes see. Be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little ears what you hear. Be careful little mouth what you say. It reminds me of that. Be careful where you go. But it brings about heart trouble. The way we think and how we think about things. And let me tell you this morning and, and make this plain to you, there's only two ways of thinking. <clears throat> there's a godly way of thinking 
and a worldly way of thinking. There's no in-between. We try to go in-between. We try to mesh the godly way of thinking with the worldly way of thinking and we, and we, we want to, to test or we want to get just as close to the worldly way of thinking so that we're not so much out of the godly way of thinking and we're really not guilty, we think. You're either thinking godly or you're thinking worldly. It's that simple. You see, the Pharisees had a dirty heart. Matthew 23 and 27, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, he says, for you're like whitewashed tombs, which appear beautiful outwardly, but inside you're full of dead men's bones and uncleanness. Verse 28 says, Even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. You think about it. What can we... We often think this way. What can I get by with without getting caught? How much can I involve myself in this worldly way of thinking and not get caught? You see, that's where it all springs from, the abundance of the heart. Can I get by with adultery without anybody finding out? Not only applies to our young people, but our older people too. Can I get by with fornication and nobody find out? Can I get by being dishonest on a test at school and cheat without anybody finding out? I'm going to tell you, our phones and things for our young people have made it hard on the teaching profession to keep people from for our young people from cheating. Because you can Google it on Facebook or on, on the Internet and find the answer to anything. And the sad thing about it, some of our teachers are, some of our teachers I've seen through the years and, and even now are so gullible that they thought nobody will cheat. <laughs> if, you, if you're thinking that, something's wrong. But can I cheat just a little and get by with it? Can I lie just a little bit? Can I drink just a little bit? Can I curse just a little bit? Can I get angry just a little bit and be ill-willed with people and, and people just look at me and say, well, that's just how they are. Bless their hearts. You see, that's what we have to guard against. You see, if you're thinking along those lines, listen to me. If that crosses your mind when you involve yourself with these things and that way of thinking... There's something wrong with your thinking heart. Young people and older people as well, if you have to look and say, eh, is that right or wrong? It's probably wrong. It's 
probably wrong. Something wrong with your thinking heart. That way of thinking, we desire sinful things. What we want can be something's wrong. When we, out of righteous indignation and seek revenge, that's wrong. Leviticus 19 and 18, you shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Hebrews 10 and 30. For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, or I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. Because now we're getting into being angry by sin and hate the sin, but it's wrong to seek vengeance. Sometimes we want to seek vengeance because things are so sinful. I had a situation like that Friday night. We went to a ball game in East Nashville in our locker room, and I put my bag in there and put all my clothes and stuff in it. Came back to the locker room after the game, and uh, someone had broken in there and dumped it all out and went through all my stuff. And Luckily, I didn't have anything in there worth... Uh, them taking. They didn't want no keys or anything. That's all I had in there in clothes. Luckily, they didn't take my Alabama coffee cup. I might had I might would have had to seek vengeance. I don't know. But I can remember thinking, it's like, why would they do that? I had actually thought about leaving my billfold there because it was raining and I didn't want to get my billfold wet. And I'm glad I didn't. But why do people do that? They got heart problems. And we often seek revenge on people. We tend to think the, uh, the way we feel is just the way we feel, and it's okay. But let me tell you, feelings uh, can be wrong, such as bitterness and anger and prejudice. We could go on and on and on. I know people through families and other things that have held on to bitterness and anger and hurt for years and years and years and years. And they won't let go of it. We've got a heart problem. Paul describes the people of Rome in Romans 1 and 31 <clears throat> through 32. Uh, and he says there, they were untrustworthy. Without natural affection, they were a messed up people. They were beyond feeling. And when you go to that chapter and read how he describes them in the latter part of that, it shows you how they were out feeling. And I think that's where we are a lot of times in our society today. We are without feeling. We are without a conscience. It doesn't bother a man or it doesn't bother us to lie to someone or just misrepresent the truth. It doesn't, mind, it doesn't bother us to take something that's not ours in one sense or the other. What's that? Oh, what's the old saying? Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Doesn't mind for us to, uh, to take from the government. 
Our Lord said, pay it to Caesar what is due to him, didn't he? Always use this example when buying something here, when you purchase something or whatever and you have to pay taxes on it. Just about every time I've had people say, I'll leave that blank blank. You just write in the amount you want. You know what? That's wrong. And if you've done that, you've sinned. And that's a common thing. We should have the right kind of heart to say, that's, that's dishonest. We may not like it. It may take money from our, 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 our hard-earned money, but it's dishonest. And it's something wrong with our heart. They're beyond feeling, Paul said. They're untrustworthy. Without natural affection, homosexuality is running rampant. And he goes on to say, people even applaud those people who do those evil things. What does that sound like today? Sounds like our world, doesn't it? Call evil good and good evil. Applaud people who do evil. You see, there's something wrong with that. How do we solve this heart trouble? Obviously, it must start with the heart and not just the symptoms. Matthew 23 and 25 Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside, he says, of the cup and the dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. Have to purify what's inside the inward man and not just the outside. We become really good actors sometimes. The inside... We're full of this deceit, we're full of anger, and we're full of all these harsh words and harsh ways of, of acting and doing. But on outside, we dress up really good. And it causes people to look at us and say, they have a good heart. They're a good person. Look at them. You know, a lot of people may not know, young people, older people, older people as well, your parents and the elders and preachers and your friends and family may not know everything you are involved in or doing, but I can promise you that one person knows, that's God. And that's all that's going to matter. That's all that's going to matter. There's a heart problem. You see, everybody knows what a mannequin is, right? I don't know if y'all been down through town or not, but there's a little road that going from the elementary school back down by behind Gainesboro Church of Christ and on down by Alicia's haircutting place. There's a guy there that has a house, and he has two mannequins up there. I guess he boxes against them. I can't tell you at how many times I've waved at them people. Every time I go by there, I'll throw my hand up and wave, and, and I even know that they're there and they're a mannequin, and I still wave at them sometimes. And he'll put different clothes on them. But my point is that new clothes on an old mannequin does not make that mannequin any better. 
So what's on the outside is only the appearance of what people are going to see a lot of times, but on the inside, God's where God looks, on the inward heart. Examples of this way of thinking and, and changing the way one thinks. Before we get to that scripture, Colossians 3 and 2, set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. You see, this is unnatural way of thinking because it means to seek to please God first. And in Matthew 5 and 43, he hit on the Sermon on the Mount. Our Lord claims to us, and it's still true to us today, to love your neighbor and he says, you've heard it said, to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what the world will teach you today. But notice what our Lord says. I say to you, it's opposite of what the world says. Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the sons of the Father, of your Father in heaven, for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? It's not saying throw a brick at them, but, but, but to seek their best interest. One says, how do I do that? Look to Jesus. He's our example of loving the unlovable. Change what we want and make it more about what God wants. This begs the obvious question, what does God want? James 4 verse 4, adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? You know what that means? Separation. When we love the world more than we love what God wants us to do, he says that separates us from God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world and act like the world makes himself what? An enemy of God. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded. Instead of thinking of earlier what we said, what can I get away with? What, what can I get by with? It is how close can I get to being ungodly, some says. He wants us to be holy vessels. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 3, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. He wants us to obey His Son and do His good works. He wants you to become a Christian and be baptized for remission of your sins and live faithful. He wants to change the way we feel. How do you feel about God's word? Psalms 1 and verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates, meditates day and night. Do we do that? Do we find comfort in God's word? Do we love our neighbor? Young people, do we honor our mother and father? Do you obey them? How do we change this way? Simply by Christ, the blood of Christ, the word of our God. One asks the question, what must I do to be saved? How can I change this way of thinking? You know, a lot of times that heart is developed at a young age because of the environment of the home. 
But it can be changed later on by the environment of this, the Word of God. Putting yourself around good Christian people, seeking the ways of God, changing your way of thinking. This week, let me challenge you to change your way of thinking to positiveness, being positive, being the ways of the Lord. Meditate on God's Word, study, read, apply. Let me encourage you to do that this week. Maybe this morning you need to confess sin. And let us pray for you and with you. Come back to the fold. Sin separates you from God. Sin separates you from church. Only confession and repentance takes care of that. Maybe you need to become a Christian. We encourage you to do that. Be baptized for the remission of your sins this morning that you have that hope of heaven one day. All of us will leave this world one day. And there's only two destinations, heaven or hell. This morning, wherever you need to be, please come. Get away, stand as we sing.